0: It's five minutes with me. Hey, friends! Time for a little uh, five minutes with Marco. It's the sexy time topic. Let's talk about sex, babe. I, I just want to apologize right now that you had to sing me right, hear me sing right there, and uh, I want to give you a forewarning that in about mm, forty-five more seconds, I'm going to sing again. Since I've spent my youth ministry life mostly with younger teens, how I've talked about sex with teenagers in my churches has probably looked a little different than it does for those of you who work with older teens. For example, knowing that talking about sex with young teens instantly leads to panic or snickering or both, I wanted a way to both normalize the topic and remove the tension, so I developed the sex song. And anytime time we were going to talk about sex, which we did at least once a year for a couple of weeks... We started by singing this song together, like with a guitar, sing-along style. And I will now awkwardly sing it for you. Sex, sex, God gave us sex. Sex, sex, God gave us sex. And he made it for two specific purposes. Making babies, they would all shout out. And showing love and affection to your spouse. Sex, sex, God gave us sex. Honestly, the song was a winner. I know you're all applauding right now, even in the quietness of your office. After the few seconds, which were filled with facial expressions approximating either what the heck or are we allowed to sing this in church, my middle schoolers totally got into it. It worked perfectly to disarm and normalize, and we were able to move it, move into any specific topic that was planned without as much weirdness, except. They loved the song so much they wanted to sing it all the time, even when we weren't teaching a sex series. They sang it at the top of their lungs in a McDonald's once on a mission trip. They sang it in the hallways of the church, it certainly made me wonder if wonder if I'd created a problem for myself. Now, listen, educational theory experts talk about a wide variety of curriculums present in any intentional or unintentional teaching time. These include the formal curriculum, what you intend to teach, the hidden or covert curriculum. That's all the variables of your learning environment that aren't openly communicated but still transmit tons of lessons, including values, norms, and beliefs. Then there's non-formal or experiential curriculum that's learning, hopefully intentionally, that happens when we're doing stuff together. And then there's one you probably haven't heard of called the null curriculum. That last one, the null curriculum, it's quite simply the topics that we don't talk about. And hear this, because it's really, really important. What we avoid talking about teaches just as much as what we choose to talk about. For example, if you don't ever talk about sex and sexuality with your teenagers, you're communicating a bunch of unhelpful, even inaccurate lessons about sex and sexuality. You're teaching that God, the Bible, church, don't have anything to say about this topic. You're teaching, unintentionally maybe, that Christianity is disconnected from the topics that are important to the teenage experience. You're probably even teaching a subtle, sex is dirty and shouldn't be talked about negative message, which is completely out of alignment with God's desires and intent for creation. I find that sex is part of the null curriculum in most homes, including Christian homes and in the majority of youth groups. And that's a huge problem, particularly since our our teenagers are indigenous to a hypersexualized culture where they're receiving massive quantities of harmful messages about sex on a daily basis. In short, we have to talk about this. A number of years ago, I was helping an author develop a youth ministry resource on the topic of sex, and he said something that has really st- stuck with me. He said, most youth workers talk about sex as if it's everything or as if as if it's nothing. Both of these extremes are really dishonest. Sex isn't everything. When I hear people say that teenagers are a walking ball of hormones, I get uncomfortable. In one sense, this is close to accurate developmentally, since teenagers are being enormously, enormously impacted by the God-given hormones that are bringing unprecedented changes to their bodies, minds, emotions, relationships, and faith. But when people make proclamations like that, they're usually implying that teenagers think about nothing except sex 24-7, 365, and it just isn't true. There's at least a little bit of video games or nail polish color in there. Yes, sex and sexuality, those two are not the same thing, are huge issues for teens, as I would suggest God intended them to be. But they aren't everything. To say or imply that they are would be misleading. But sex sure isn't nothing. <laughs> Apologies for the double negative there. While we shouldn't obsess over it, we should be committed to making it one of our top five or ten topics that we talk about with teenagers. I hope you'll spend some time wrestling with how you can step it up in this area so that teenagers will be helped in this wonderful and amazing and terrifying and potentially damaging areas of their area of their lives. Let's get, our, let's get sex out of our null curriculum. And feel free to use my sex song. The Youth Cartel Podcast Network.